0: one columbus no fan
1: fantasy football point spreads prop bets and two guys who proudly called themselves degenerates is that so terrible this is on the money look at those muscles oh this is your lucky day sponsored by bud light brewed for a crisp taste here's dave
2: biddle and scotty vegas welcome to on the money 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am pleased to be joined by Scott Prokop, a.k.a. Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie at the controls. This is a show about fantasy football and sports gambling. Scotty Vegas,
3: how are you doing this morning? Dave, I am terrific. Dave, we are four days, nine hours from the NFL kicking off. I, I, I can't wait. I'm not sure I've, ha- I've had more anticipation for an NFL season than this season coming up.
2: I'm with you uh, with everything that's happened this year. And it looks like the NFL um, is going to go off. I don't, I'm not without a hitch we know that things are probably going to happen but I would bet heavily uh, they will have a season and they will finish their season they will crown a champion and I'm into it big time man yeah I think I don't know if I've ever been more excited for an NFL season now with college football we'll get into some college football uh, odds during the show we'll talk about the latest with Ohio State and the Big Ten as well um, I could not get into the games yesterday I was even trying to watch some of college game day I just you know and I thought I'd be okay because it's football but just that you know you know that's like that knife in the side of you just twisting that there's no Ohio State football at least not yet I couldn't get into it yesterday Scotty what about you
3: I 'm the same way it 's funny I had it on as kind of a background noise and you know it was it was it was on the TV but it wasn 't something that I was like glued to obviously you know I mean there were there were a few games uh, I did watch a little bit of the, the Thursday night game they had South Alabama and Southern Miss just to see you know what football was going to look like how, what was going to be different and to me you know from watching that Thursday night game you know the, the big difference to me was just noticing all the all the coaches wearing masks you know I thought it was interesting you had the, the referees and the coaches you know there was one point where where the coaches are yelling at the referees and both are making sure their masks are up it was an unbelievable scene and then the other thing to me that I noticed was was the referees in these electronic whistles this year you know they're not they're not putting a whistle in their mouth to blow it they're, they're pushing a button and that's the whistle and there were some issues with that where you know plays weren't being stopped in time because the whistle wasn't going off. Okay, so those are the only two things that I noticed that was, like, significantly different. Uh, But obviously we're going to see more and more of these kind of things throughout the year.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Hopefully we will see some Ohio State football this fall. Um, I'm confident there will be a revote. We'll get into that. Um, Didn't happen over the weekend, uh, at least not yet. But I think Tuesday it'll probably happen. We'll get into much more of that. But I want to take a look at some of the news and notes around the NFL that impact fantasy football. Let's start right at the top. Scotty, with Leonard Fournette being released by the Jags and signed by the Bucks. First of all, if you were in a league, like I, I'm in three leagues. One we drafted kind of early. One we drafted you, then my second league, the one that I run, you're in. We drafted last Tuesday. Uh, and then I'm in one more that drafts uh this coming tuesday um so one of them that we did our keeper league we did before four was even released and when he was releasing you know, the guy that got him did spend a decent amount of money for him but i told him i said this might not be a bad thing for you if he ends up with a better team than the jags um and then we did a you know the one that the league you were in was after uh four was released and he was actually taken relatively early in that draft which surprised me but how do you think this affects before we get to the other guys, you know, on the Bucks, how it affects them, how do you think this impacts Leonard Fournette? Would you rather have him in a timeshare on a good team like the Bucks, or would you rather have him staying with the Jags?
3: I would love the situation if I'm a Leonard Fournette fantasy owner. I I absolutely love it because he's a guy who you know, sometimes you, they've questioned kind of the motivation for him. And with this Jacksonville team, this Jacksonville team is going to be as bad as anybody in the NFL this year. They're going to be competing for the first overall pick. And now he's going to a team that's absolutely stacked. Look at the wide receivers. You know, they can't stack the box against the Bucks. They would have been doing it against the Jaguars. They can't do it against the Bucks with Tom Brady and and those wide receivers. So it's a great situation for him. Now I. I know that Bruce Arians came out and said Ronald Jones still has the starting job. My guess though is Jones doesn't have a very long leash. I could see Fournette kind of getting into that role. It might be a little bit of a timeshare at first, but as far as talent goes, I'd be surprised if Fournette doesn't get more carries as the season goes on. So for me as a as a Leonard Fournette fantasy owner it's a fantastic thing. And and you were right, when we drafted Fournette was a free agent and I was and I was thinking, man, he went way too early. But now I would lean towards drafting him a little bit earlier than I would have beforehand.
2: Yeah, my buddy Bill, who drafted him very early, is um, probably thinking, "See, I he he was clairvoyant and knew he was going to end up with the Bucks." The thing is, though, man, I I don't know. Um, I just feel like those guys, Ronald Jones and Fournette, are going to be splitting the load. Plus, they have Shady McCoy there. Not that yep. that, that is a big factor. I don't think he's going to get much run. They got the rookie Vaughn. Um, and they're going to be, you know, I mean, Chris Evans, excuse me, not Chris Evans, Mike Evans is going to get his, Chris Godwin's going to get his, Gronk's going to get his, and I just wonder now, Fournette's going to be the goal line back, so that'll help on a good offense, so. I don't know. I still feel like he was taken too early in that draft. And I'm seeing now, just because he's with the Bucks, people are in mock drafts are taking him way too early. In my opinion, just because there's at least going to be a timeshare there. But we'll see what happens. I also want to look at how this impacts the Jags. A lot of people are going out there and getting Reichwell Armstead, which is a smart move. Chris Thompson is a guy, especially if you're in a PPR league, half-point PPR, whatever it is, I think Chris Thompson might be the better pickup over Armstead. What do you think?
3: I agree, and, and you mentioned it perfectly. In the PPR situation, Chris Thompson's the guy to get. I think the Jags are going to throw the ball a lot more this year, and look, they're going to be behind in games. They're a bad team. They're going to have to throw the throw the football. Gardner Minshew is going to be throwing it. I like Chris Thompson. Again, he, he would be kind of a late round. You know, you're not taking him in, in one of the top five, six rounds, but he would be one of those backs to me that you would own potentially seeing that this, this team's going to be behind a lot, throwing the ball, throwing the ball the, to the backs. I see Chris Thompson more value than Armstead.
2: Now, I know you wanted to talk about Alvin Kamara. What's the latest with Alvin Kamara? I feel like this is all going to get done. Everything's going to be fine. He's playing on a, you know, he's way underpaid. They're going to get this done. Just like I said last week, Joe Mixon was going to get done. It got done. What's the latest with Alvin Kamara, Scott? Yeah.
3: It's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, Dave. I mean, this is a guy who's going obviously in the top five of all fantasy drafts so far this year and and it makes sense and he still should be but there has been questions there's been reports that came out that Kamara was potentially on the trade block again all this could just be going back and forth with the contract negotiations but it does bring up a little bit of a question mark uh the CBS actually even listed about eight teams that he that he could be traded to look if there's an NFL team out there they would all want to Trade for Kamara, but here's here's the thing. He's going to be in New Orleans. He reported to camp three days ago. He's back. He'll be in there for for uh, for Week One. But I will say, I think it is smart if you're going to draft him at pick four or pick five. Don't forget about getting Latavius Murray later as insurance. Look, Kamara's had some back issues. He has some back issues heading into the season a little bit. Saints are a little bit hesitant going all in on him for a contract before the season. But uh, I, obviously, he's still a top four, top five pick. But I would get the insurance with Murray around, around seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Make sure you grab him if you grab him in the, with pick four.
2: You took the words right out of my mouth. I think Latavius Murray is, you know, a little bit of a sleeper this year in fantasy. And you're right. If you get Kamara, you need to draft Murray kind of early. But if you're sitting there, even if you didn't get Kamara in the first round, and you're sitting there, you're in a 12-team league, and it's the eighth round, and for some reason the guy who drafted Kamara has not drafted Murray yet, even if you don't have Kamara, I would advise drafting Murray because, you know, as you mentioned, Scotty, I mean, Kamara has a history of getting banged up. You know, Murray is a different kind of back anyway. They're You know, they're going to use him at the goal line, and, he, he was productive last year, and he's been productive, kind of a sneaky, productive guy throughout his career. So I think he's a good value pick this year. Now, one more news and notes before we get to more value picks throughout uh, fantasy football. The news from this morning, Adrian Peterson, the fifth leading rusher in NFL history. He's about 1,000 yards behind Barry Sanders for number 4 all-time. He is expected to sign with the Lions. Some people said it's a done deal. Some people said it's almost a done deal. Now, I wouldn't roster him. First of all, you know, even when he was in Washington, I thought maybe Bryce Love was, was going to be the guy there. Um, didn't like him then anyway. And now with the Lions, you have DeAndre Swift, who they invested a high draft pick on. They also have Carry on Johnson. What do you, just unpack all of that for me. What do you think this means for DeAndre Swift and Carry on Johnson, if anything? And you know, what are your thoughts on Adrian Peterson landing with the Lions?
3: I was actually really surprised that he landed with the Lions. One thing that did make sense for me a little bit was, uh, you know, Daryl Bevel is the offensive coordinator there, and he's used to coaching Adrian Peterson with the Vikings back in the day. So I'm, I'm guessing that's a little bit of a connection. But to me, uh, Carry on Johnson, DeAndre Swift, so those are the backs you want to own with the Lions. I don't think you want to touch Adrian Peterson in, in the drafts. I'd be shocked if he, uh, I would be shocked if he's not third in the depth chart with the lions and as far as the redskins go they went they went young at the running back position bryce love you're right he's going to be there antonio gibson out of those two guys i think this benefits antonio gibson the most i could see him slotting in some of these fantasy drafts a little bit higher now that adrian peterson is out of that backfield uh but as far as the lions go i still think swift and johnson are ahead of peterson
2: Yeah, no question about it. And, uh, yeah, most people are taking Gibson. In fact, I think almost everybody's taking Gibson ahead of Love. I go the other way on that. I think Bryce Love's going to end up winning that job. I think they really like him there. Had a sit-out last season after getting hurt his final game at Stanford in a bowl game um, and sat out all of his rookie year. Uh, this will really be his rookie year, even though he's technically a second-year player. So we'll see what happens there. But I think this opens the door for Bryce Love. All right, speaking of value picks, ESPN, they do like mock drafts every week with their fantasy football analyst. And the latest one this week, this is a... 12 team league, full point PPR. We'll give him, we'll give him a pass on that, Scott, even though obviously it should be half point PPR. We've talked about that a lot on the show. Half point PPR is the way to go. You don't want a situation where a guy has 10 receptions for 20 yards and he's racking up points, but I digress. But we're going to go through each round of this and tell you which Which player we think is the best value of each round? We're going to go through 15 rounds. We're going to start with obviously round one. Now they, in round one, I'll go first, Scotty. The Nick Chubb fell to all the way the last pick of the first round in this mock draft on ESPN. I think that's the best value pick of the first round. If you can get Nick Chubb, especially with the way running backs are going in this particular mock draft, 12th overall, I think that's a great deal.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic pick for me as far as value in the, in the first round. I really, uh, you know, this guy fell to me in the draft. I really like Joe Mixon. I, I I just think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities, and I think Joe Mixon, if you can get him at the end of the first round of your draft, I like him a lot. So value-wise, I like him. As far as round two, where I'm going, I'm going Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver the, with the, with the Detroit Lions that is undervalued right now. Last year he finished as a sixth wide receiver in fantasy football. He's in his third year now, which is kind of the prime for those wide receivers. Last year he had four games with 23 or more fantasy points. To me, Kenny Galladay is the value at the end of round two.
2: I have Tyreek Hill as my value pick in round two. He was taken at the end of round two, the 23rd player taken in this mock draft, uh, second-to-last player taken in the second round. I think Tyreek Hill is the second-best fantasy wide receiver this year behind only Michael Thomas, and I will not be surprised if those guys are neck-and-neck neck for the, the best fantasy wide receiver. It comes down to health, if they both stay healthy, obviously. I love Tyreek Hill. I feel like he's very highly rated, yet still underrated, because I just feel like he should be you know, ranked higher than guys like, julio jones that are you know usually ranked higher than him so i have tyree kill third round lamar jackson he was the second quarterback taken mahomes was 21st in this draft lamar jackson at 30th overall i love that i got him late in the second round in our draft and i thought that was great of course that's more of of a quarterback friendly league um lamar jackson is my value pick there in the third round especially with mahomes off the board nine picks earlier who you got as your value pick in round three and four
3: Yeah, there's two running backs in round three that I really like. Chris Carson, he's a guy who I think has the ability to be a top six fantasy running back. He went at 34. And then my other guy is a rookie, Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. I think with that offense, he's going to have a lot of success. I think there's value there. If you can get him around pick 30, I love that for Jonathan Taylor. Going to round four, this is a wide receiver that I could see being a top five wide receiver this year, and I've wanted to wait in drafts and pick wide receivers later because of his value and it's calvin ridley he's gonna see second tier cornerbacks this year because of julio this is year three which i talked about is a prime year for wide receivers and the falcons love to air it out so he'll get a lot of targets so that's my round four value pick how about you dave i like
2: it that's a good one Uh, i have cooper cup as the fourth round value pick he was taken 41st overall in this particular mock draft on espn that we are referencing and then in the fifth round i have kyler murray 59th overall kyler murray's a guy that uh, i think is going to be a top five fantasy quarterback this year so if you haven't taken a quarterback early and you're sitting there in a late fifth round and kyler murray's there uh, i think that's a good value pick who you got in rounds five
3: and six scotty It's funny, Dave, because I usually love to wait on quarterbacks. But Kyler Murray to me is one of those guys who I could see making the jump that Lamar Jackson did last year. So to me, getting him in round five, I agree with you. He is my value pick in this, in this, uh, in this draft. Round five, Kyler Murray, I'm taking him. Round six, I'm going back to wide receiver, and I'm going Tyler Boyd. Now, it might take a little bit of time for for Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow to get together, but look, Tyler Boyd saw 147 targets last year, unbelievable amount. Now, A.J. Green's coming back, but I think Boyd's going to be a huge part of this Bengals offense, which is going to be better this year, so give me Tyler Boyd as the value of round six.
2: I love it. I also have Tyler Boyd as the value pick of round six, and I'm just going to go through. We're up against a break here. I'm going to go through the rest of mine, then you can go through the rest of yours. So in round seven, I have James White. Number in the eighth round, David Montgomery as my value pick. Ninth round, Henry Ruggs the third. I love him that late. Ninth round, tenth round, Emmanuel Sanders is my value pick. Eleventh round, C.D. Lamb. I can't believe he fell that far. Twelfth round, Carson Wentz is expected to be you know top nine quarterback this year. Fell all the way to the twelfth round. I think that's a good value. If you happen to be someone who's waited that long on a quarterback or you for some reason need a backup quarterback, which I don't advise. 13th round, Anthony McFarland is my value pick. 14th round, Austin Hooper is my value pick. Go through your value pick, Scotty.
3: So I'm going to go round seven, Dak Prescott, because I think he could be a quarterback number one this year. I I think he could finish with the most fantasy points amongst all quarterbacks. So Dak in round seven. J.K. Dobbins, round eight. John Harbaugh said this week that Dobbins is going to have a significant role. I think he's going to be a huge factor for the Ravens. Latavius Murray, round nine. Like I said, you got to grab him. If you took Kamara in round one. Uh number ten, I'm going McCole Holdman or Hardman, excuse me, with the Chiefs. Uh round eleven, Paris Campbell. Phillip Rivers always has a target over the middle, kind of like Keenan Allen, Antonio Gates. I think Paris Campbell's gonna fill that with the Colts this year. Round twelve, I'm going Matt Stafford. He was a great fantasy quarterback through week nine last year, got hurt. Uh thirteen, I'm going Benny Snell. Benny Snow is the backup to James Connor. I like him with the, uh, with the Steelers. Round 14, I'm going Hunter Renfro. I like him as the slot machine, the slot wide receiver for the LA Raiders this year. He was great late in the season. And then round 15, I'm taking a flyer on Josh Gordon, who just signed with the Seahawks on the money is sponsored by bud
2: light bud light is brewed for a crisp taste we greatly appreciate bud light sponsoring the show here on 97.1 the fan next up is our bail me out segment where you can call the show with your questions on fantasy football or sports gambling the number is 614-821-9710 again that is 614-821-9710 that is up next on the money 97.1 the fan
1: you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and
0: play-by-play for over... Every fan knows the right player, in the right position, can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 25 years. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, the fan,
1: Ohio sports destination.
2: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Viddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. If you would like to call the show with a question on fantasy football or sports gambling... The number is 614-821-9710. Again, that is 614-821-9710. And now is a great time to call the show. Why? It is time for Bail Me Out. Hit it, Bodie. It's on the money's Bail Me Out. Sponsored by Atlas
1: Butler Plumbing Services.
2: All right, Bodie, we have a Twitter question you can pass along. Working on here. Give me one second. Okay. Looks like we have one. I got one for you. It looks like who is the best draft sleeper coming to us from Twitter. Who is the best draft sleeper? Scotty Vegas, answer the man's question if you would, please.
3: I love this question because I think that's what everybody wants to know this year. Who am I going to get in round 12, 13, 14 that can help me win my fantasy league this year? And I'm going to give you one. Actually, a local one. How about Paris Campbell with the Colts? He's going to be my sleeper. He's a guy who is not even going in a lot of drafts this year. And like I said last segment, he's going to be the target over the middle, over the middle for Philip Rivers. A very good offense this year. Paris Campbell, we know what he can do. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's been a little banged up. He's got a hamstring issue going into the year. So to me, late round value Harris Campbell, that's my sleeper pick. What do you got, Dave? I
2: like that a lot Uh, Yeah, I like you going with a Buckeye, and it's not just that he's a Buckeye I mean that he can fly, last year he was banged up, he's going to have more of a chance this year he's got Phillip Rivers, you outlined it perfectly I like that one, I'm not going to steal yours though I'm going to go with the uh, young man I mentioned in the previous segment, I like Bryce Love as a fantasy sleeper this year Um, you know, with the Washington gosh, I almost slipped there, with Washington (laughs) FT, how many times are we going to slip this year on that? Oh my goodness, so far zero, but I guarantee you I will, Uh, but Washington FT as I call them. Uh, I think Bryce Love is a great sleeper this year. So that's one that I would go with. Um, and there's so many out there. And, and that's where you win your draft. I mean, it's easy. Uh, you know, you just take whoever falls in your lap in the first couple rounds. And it's just, you know, sometimes you maybe have to take a guy that you don't really want, but you know he's the top guy on the board. Once it gets to rounds like 10, 11, 12, some guys are checking out. They don't think it's that important. That's where you can win your draft. That's where you can win your draft is those I'm not saying you can win your draft in the fifteenth and sixteenth round. You can win it in the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, though. There's still good players out there. You just gotta find them. And, you know, that's where, you know, the elite fantasy players are separated from the mediocre ones, in my opinion. All right. Let's talk about Scotty You brought this up, and I love this. Some fun fantasy football point systems and formats to try. There's all different kinds of rules. You can do the traditional, you know, old school Yahoo rules. It's really boring, Um, the default rules. But uh, you know, in my league that you're in for the first time this year, it's our 21st league doing it. The one interesting rule we have, we got, we have a couple. I'll pass on a couple of them. We give out extra points, bonus points for, you know, if you get over 100 yards, 150 yards, things like that. That's pretty common, but we give out bonus points for length of touchdowns. You get a 40-yard touchdown, you're getting some extra points there. Um, and that's one we just have had for many years, and we've kept it. We like it. We think it's fun. One that I really like that I would definitely recommend is when we pick up free agents or waivers in my league, you pay real money for that. So this year, we're, you know, every time you pick up a free agent or you pick up somebody off the waiver wire, that's $2 real money you're spending at the end of the year. So, And then whoever has the most points gets whatever money is in the waiver kitty. And most years we do $5 per pickup. We're Cutting it back a little bit this year because some guys, you know, weren't uh, weren't. Uh, were not we thinking we should probably do that because of COVID and things that might happen. But those are a couple interesting things that I would recommend if you're out there looking to spice it up in your fantasy leagues. Scotty, what do you got?
3: Well, almost identical on some of these, but I'll tell you what, Dave, I, I really like, and you've actually kind of got me into this was the double header leagues. You know, try and take a little bit of the luck out of fantasy football each week instead of pl- if you are the top scorer or the second uh, highest scorer in your league and you have the horrible luck of going up against the top team in your league for the for points this week then your record is 0 and one right you lose the week despite the fact that you were better than 10 other fantasy teams that stinks right i hate when that happens so i like the double header league's where you actually are playing against two opponents in the same week. So with if you've got a good fantasy points week and you just are a little unlucky playing against the top fantasy, then you actually can still go 1-1 one and one and still have a decent week. So I do like that. The other format that I tried last year that I really liked is a guillotine league. And what that is... Is You start out with 14 teams in the league and each week the whole goal is to not be the last team in the league. If you are the last team in the league, then you're eliminated. All the players on your team then get eliminated as well. So what's great is you start out with 14 teams, and you just have to be better than last. Then you have 13 teams for week two, be better than last, and then it keeps going on and on until finally you get down to the final week where there's just two teams left. I think that's a really cool format also.
2: Now, we told you earlier in the show that On the Money is sponsored by Bud Light. We also have a Bud Light's Picks Contest that we will do each week in the final segment of the show. Scotty Vegas, tell the good people about the Bud Light's Picks Contest.
3: Oh, this is incredible. You can actually this year win the Bud Light Ultimate Man Cave just by making NFL picks. It's incredible. So here's what the Man Cave includes. $900 gift card to buy whatever furniture you want. They, at first, we were going to pick out the furniture, and we thought, well, maybe people want to pick out their own furniture instead of the flowered couch that we'd give you. We're giving you $900 <laughs> to pick out your own furniture. We're giving you a 65-inch TV. We're giving you a Bud Light Neon, a Bud Light Kegerator, an Ohio Man Cave sign, and to win this, all you have to do is go on 971thefan.com slash Bud Light Pick. That's Bud Light Pick. And then each week, you're just picking your NFL winners. That's all you have to do. Top score is going to win the $900 gift card, the 65-inch TV, the kegerator, the neon, and the and the man cave sign. It's incredible. Plus, there's weekly prizes. So pretty awesome from Bud Light. That's fantastic. Next up, we will look at fantasy and betting tips for the
2: Pittsburgh Steelers and much more. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. We
0: know everything about you. change the game on identity theft save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com slash aware the buckeyes we know you
1: love the jackets we know you're wearing a red shirt i just freaked the hell out of someone bad.
2: on the money 97.1 the fan i am dave biddle he is scotty vegas This is a show about fantasy football and sports gambling. If you're just tuning in, we are thrilled to have you. We have producer Bodie at the controls. Scotty, let's take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers fantasy and betting preview. Let's we'll start with fantasy. I mean, there's a lot of intriguing names, as usual, on the Steelers. I think G- Juju Smith Schuster is a guy to target this year. I think he's going to have a much better year with a-, a healthy Big Ben. I like James Connor. Um, I think McFarland is, you know, especially if you get Connor, you better get McFarland. He could be a sleeper. So, uh, just your general thoughts, maybe some guys to target for the Steelers. And is there anybody who you're seeing being drafted for the Steelers? that you would stay away
3: from? Uh, To be honest with you, James Conner would be the guy that I would stay away from. I know he's only 24 years old. Uh, Yeah, the the problem (laughs) for me, and and he's a good running back, but the problem is where he's being drafted, uh, I, I think it's just a little bit too high. The injuries scare me. And as you mentioned... There's depth behind him. You mentioned McFarlane, but also you've got Benny Snell, who, again, I, I really am high on Benny Snell. In fact, uh, Mike Tomlin said he had an awesome camp. This is a guy who's now going to be in his second year as a running back. Uh, last year, he ran for 91 yards and a touchdown in his last game against the Ravens, got some good time while Connor was hurt. And, and the thing about Benny Snell, he's, he's a running back out of Kentucky, And the only two players that have more touchdowns in the SEC than Benny Snell were Tim Tebow and Herschel Walker. I mean, this is a guy who was great in college. I like him a lot. I think there's a good chance that Benny Snell ends up playing over james Conner this year so again if you're taking james Conner, take benny snell because i think he's a value a huge value pick later in the draft but again as we talk about the steelers we have to talk about ben and most importantly is ben gonna stay healthy because remember two years ago before he got hurt he had career highs in passing yards and and touchdowns, he had 34 touchdowns two years ago. The problem is he hasn't played in over a calendar year. So if Ben can plays can play and stay healthy, then Ben is obviously a good fantasy pick and can be a top five quarterback. Uh, but also Juju Smith Schuster, uh, who had a, a, a kind of a down year last year, he got hurt. Again, the quarterback play for the Steelers was awful last year, awful. So if Ben stays healthy, this Steeler team uh, is is loaded, is loaded. And not only that, but they've got a couple good wide receivers behind Juju with James Washington and Deontay Johnson. So I like this offense a lot. Not only that, they also added Eric Ebron as a tight end. So this Steeler team, to me, has a lot of guys that I would target. It's just James Connor is not one of those. Ebron
2: was a typical Steeler signing. I mean, he had a great year two years ago, and then, you know, last year, um, you know, the Colts offense just wasn't very good. Plus, he's splitting time with Jack Doyle, and touchdowns fell way off, which everybody expected. I think, you know, I think Ebron led all tight ends with touchdowns the previous year. We knew that wasn't going to happen again, but what a good signing by the Steelers. What you said about James Conner is interesting, and I hear what you're saying. I, I took him in. The league that you're that we're in together and i wasn't thrilled about it i just wanted a running back there and he was the highest one on my board so i just stayed true to my board i had him 15th overall in running backs connor so i have him at, just behind Kenyon drake at 14 and i have him just ahead of todd Gurley at 16 um, just ahead of chris carson at 17 so i have connor right there around 15th you're saying you would drop him what to around 20th 25th like where would you drop where, where do you have connor at
3: I, you know, 15's not outrageous. I, it's just, I've seen him going, you know, middle second round, uh, middle to late second round. And to me, that's a little too soon. I, you know, I would probably put him. I agree def- with that. Yeah, definitely behind Chris Carson, uh, I, definitely ahead of Todd Gurley. So to me, probably in that 16 to 18, it's just a guy who, the injury concerns make me nervous, David, and to me, that's that's the reason why I'm staying away from him. And look, two years ago, he was a top five fantasy pick, right? I mean, we we, all, we expected him, uh, and and then the injuries happened last year. So the, the the thing that's making me stay away is the injuries and the depth behind him. I just I just really like the depth behind James Connor a lot. And this is a Steeler team, by the way, that I have actually placed a future, a Super Bowl future on because I love this defense I think the Steelers have a great defense and if Ben can stay healthy and if if Connor and and Juju stay healthy this is also a very good offense And, and to me looking at the odds right now the Steelers to win the Super Bowl are 22 to 1 they used to be 30 to 1 that's when I got them now they're at 22 to 1 I think that's a good value pick they're 12 to 1 to win the AFC and almost 4 to 1 almost 4 to 1 to win the AFC North. Now, I know everybody's high on the Ravens as they should be this year, but I think the if you can get the Steelers near 4 to 1 to win that division, that is great value.
2: Did everybody catch that out there? Scotty put so much money on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl that it's it moved the line from <laughs> 30 to 1. To twenty-two to one. That's what happens when you're a whale. You're you're moving that line by a lot if you're Scotty Vegas. Yeah, I want to get into some of these lines for the Steelers. First of all, let's talk about over/under win total for the season is nine. This is according to Bovada, but it's a little misleading. Over/under is nine, but real. I mean, you're getting minus one thirty if you bet the over, and you get even money on the under. So it's really more like a nine and a half. I'm still taking the over. I'm still, even though you know you're you're betting thirteen to win ten, um, or in your case, you know betting. Uh, Thirteen thousand to win ten thousand, <laughs> Scotty. um I still would take the over there. I think the Steelers. You know, I think almost worst case scenario. Assuming they don't have like you know fifty guys get hurt or get the virus and can't play the season, I, I think nine and seven is almost the worst case scenario for them. So then you're pushing. I think ten and six is a safe bet. So then you're going to win. I would take the over even at minus one thirty. What would you do?
3: Yeah, definitely over, definitely over. And then the other thing for me, and this is something we'll get into a little bit later on in the show, is the Steelers are bringing back pretty much their entire core. Look, they're, they're only replacing one guy on offense and one guy on defense. And the coaching staff's the same, and Ben has been around forever. So this is a team that has continuity. And that's gonna be huge this season, especially at the beginning of the season. So I really like if, if you're looking at lines, look at the Steelers those first few weeks of the season because, again, they're bringing most of their team back. And with these new teams, uh, new coaches, new coordinators, new new quarterbacks, uh, it's tough because there hasn't been a preseason. So the Steelers and the value on the Steelers early this year is especially good. And that's why I do like them uh, as, as the uh, close to four to one to win the AFC North.
2: That's the next thing I was going to get to. Yeah, and you've mentioned that. I, I think th- they have excellent odds here. I mean, plus three seventy five. According, yeah. you know, this morning to Bovada, as you're saying, nearly four to one. I mean, you know, the Ravens are obviously the favorite, but we're talking. We're not talking about who we think is going to win. I would still pick the Ravens to win the division. But if you're laying money on this, the Steelers are the best bet because plus three seventy five. I think that's the you know you're getting good value there. Now going down the list here, if you want to bet, you can even bet that they're going to finish in second place, which most people have them pegged. You're going to get plus. 125 on that bet so not not really good value there third plus 190 if you believe they're going to finish in third and if you if you think the Steelers are going to finish in the cellar which they won't uh fourth is plus 550 but again I think to win the AFC North plus 375 is a good deal
3: yeah absolutely that's probably my favorite division bet on the entire board is the Steelers to win at plus 375. And, look, I mean, I, I just I just think that their schedule sets up nicely. Again, I think they're going to use that continuity of having almost everybody back from last year. Look, they had a horrendous quarterback situation last year. I mean, the, what uh, the uh, quarterback is escaping a duck. What is it? Duck uh, Hodges. Duck, duck Hodges. And then they was had, then was they their quarterback Devlin for multiple uh, weeks. I mean, <laughs> come yes, on. Yes, Bobby Brister. Yeah, exactly. I know it was crazy
2: Yes, I know yes. It, it was crazy, and you got you have to think. I know Ben's up there in age, but he's and he's been banged up throughout his career. But I tend to think he's gonna you know find a way to come back, and he'll be right in the hunt for comeback player of the year. I, I just you know maybe I'm saying this as a Bengal fan that's just been uh, you know, watch the Steelers just rip our hearts out, you know, throughout the Ben Roethlisberger era. But I I do expect them to bounce back this year. And as you mentioned, even with you know as terrible as they were at the quarterback position, they still hung in there last year, and their defense is excellent. Um, so you know. I uh, I'm not saying this as a Steeler fan, but I do think that they are a good team to bet on this year as we've talked about this segment. All right, next up, we're going to talk a lot about college football. We're going to talk about whether Ohio State's going to be playing Big Ten football this year. So if you want to hear some college football talk, stick with us. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: The only workplace in America to participate in the ob fart game. And we also play office basketball and sometimes do radio. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
2: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. Let's talk some college football, specifically Ohio State, Big Ten, what might happen. Now, they were expected to take a vote either this past Friday or yesterday. It didn't happen for a variety of reasons regarding whether the Big Ten could start their season in October in time to play a truncated season and still have time to be in the college football playoff. I have good news. That is still on the table. From what I am hearing, the most likely scenario now is they will conduct this revote on Tuesday. The holiday weekends back things up a little bit. That's a a minor factor, though. The major factors of why this didn't get done on Friday, and let me tell you, Ohio State's football parents were shocked that a decision was not made Friday, or at least that the vote wasn't taken Friday and they didn't find out yesterday. They were told to expect to hear something Friday, Saturday at the latest, so Ohio State's parents were distraught, uh, the ones that I talked to over the weekend, but the good news as of this morning, sounds like Tuesday's gonna be the day they're gonna have this revote. Now, a couple of problems. Michigan's pre so that's good news, they're gonna have a revote. A couple of problems. Michigan's president, Dr. Mark Schlissel, now he's a medical doctor, he's been at Michigan for a while now, and his voice carries a lot of weight. Michigan, all jokes aside, they carry a lot of weight in the Big Ten regardless. And he's a medical doctor, one of only two. Michigan State's president is also a medical doctor. They're the only two in the Big Ten that are medical doctors. So he has been kind of a, not kind of, let me rephrase that, He is the most outspoken guy behind the scenes from what I'm told about the Big Ten standing its ground and not starting in October and even advocating for a late November start. Well, that might be a better idea, which I think every – it's interesting he's a medical doctor. I just had my checkup with my local doctor here in Columbus. She said, yeah, that's ridiculous. Why are you going to wait until flu season? Starting it now would be better. That's coming from my doctor, and she's a Buckeye grad and a Buckeye fan, but she's also very intelligent. So there you go. We'll see what happens. We're going to have a revote, from what I'm told, on Tuesday. Do I have a lot of confidence in the chancellors and presidents in the Big Ten overall? No, I do not. But, hey, I'm holding out a little bit of guarded optimism here. Scotty, your reaction to all of that news that I just passed along, my friend.
3: Yeah, it's unbelievable. It really is, and you've got the president getting involved, throwing out tweets. He just tweeted about a half hour ago, talking about the the Big Ten conference. It's it's unbelievable. I do have a couple uh, questions, you know, for you, Dave, as far as this potential. Tuesday revote. Is it true that it's gotta be 60% uh, in favor of starting in October? Is that, is that the line? Is that the number? I
2: have not gotten a straight answer on that Scotty. That is one of the okay. million dollar questions, one of the billion dollar questions, I should say. There's many on the table because here's the thing. If you believe they took an initial vote that it was 11 to 3 against playing, then yes, they would need 9, which would give them over 60%. 8 would be just under 60% of the league. So they would need 9 if you believe an actual vote was taken on August 11th or on August 9th and then it was released on August 11th. Here's the thing, I do not believe an actual vote was taken. I cannot imagine uh, Minnesota's president was mistaken, misspoke, or was just lying when she said on the record, I think she just had a moment of honesty, quote, we didn't really take a vote per se. And they gave, you know, explained what she meant by that, that it was just basically they just kind of came to this conclusion they didn't actually take a vote. People are wondering, well, they can do that, right? No, that is not. That goes against the Big Ten's bylaws. You can't do that. You have to take an official vote on stuff like this. So now, thank God for the Nebraska lawsuit. Now the Big Ten is scrambling in CYA mode. You can figure out what that means. I hope I can't say it on the on the air, but um, and the Nebraska, you know, they're they're fighting the good fight. Ohio State's fighting the good fight, but this Nebraska players, eight Nebraska players, suing the Big Ten for transparency. That's huge because that tells me the Big Ten did not take an official vote, so perhaps... All, all it'll take is seven Big Ten teams saying they want to play, and I'm told that they have seven. There's about two on the fence, seven that want to play, and five that do not want to play. And I was not told who the two on the fence were. I wasn't even told who all the, the seven were. We know who some of them are. We know Ohio State's one. We know Nebraska's one. We know Iowa's one. I have to imagine Wisconsin's now in there. Uh, the Indiana, maybe Indiana, maybe Purdue. Um, and then we know Rutgers and Maryland are the no. Probably Michigan's a no. Um, and I, I'm curious who the two on the fence are if they can get those two on the fence on the good side we're going to have Big Ten football not only this fall but starting in October um, if not it's all up in the air uh, I know you had another question for me my friend what was that
3: yeah do you think there's a possibility that what we might see this fall is some of these teams in the Big Ten that are, that are going to vote no opting out on, on, of the season so that maybe we have you know a, a 10 team Big Ten this this fall Is that a possibility or is it all in or all out? It's a possibility,
2: but it's it's more going to be all in or all out from what I was told. But okay. it is
3: a possibility. It's one of the things they
2: are discussing. Then you get into the TV dollars I was told, and how you're going to split that up. Are you still going to split it up amongst all 14 teams? Not exactly evenly because some of the new teams aren't getting the full share yet, like Marilyn and Rutgers. In fact, Marilyn and Rutgers, in my opinion, and you know, all joking aside, shouldn't even have a vote at the table here. But right. that's a discussion for a different day. So then you get into the TV dollars, and you know, are you going to still pay out all 14 teams? Give them the you know, kind of like you. Would Give an athlete the option to opt out of a pro season, but you're still going to pay him because it's such a strange time. And maybe that would get the university presidents at those schools to say, "Okay, if you guys want to play, but we still get some money, we can do that." Or is it just the teams that are going to play get the money? But then you have—I mean, this is getting dirty. Then you might have the university presidents at the ones that are not playing stonewall the ones that want to play and say, "No, if you're not going to share the money, if you're going to keep all the money, then we're just going to stonewall you." So that's another thing at play. So it's probably going to be all in or all out, but it's. It's definitely being discussed, Scott, that you could have, you know, like nine Big Ten teams play, the other five sit out, play some type of schedule. And, you know, even if Ohio State only plays eight games and they win them all, they start the season number two in the country, guess what? They're going to be in the college football playoff. So it's crazy, but we should finally hear something on Tuesday. Again, I come back to this. The Big Ten, or Ohio State's parents, what an impressive group of people. It's easy to see why their young men are so impressive. They were just floored yesterday and Friday that a decision was not made because they were told a decision would be made. Now, some people might say, hey, that's an optimistic thing because they're, the Big Ten's not going to release anything until they get enough teams to play because there's so much momentum now to play. I hope that's the case. I, again, I'm confident there's going to be a vote. I do not have confidence overall in these Big Ten presidents and chancellors. I think Ohio State's president's doing a good job, Nebraska's, Iowa's, and some others. But overall as a group... I do not trust them. Same thing with Kevin Warren, who's kind of directing the ship there, even though ultimately it will be the presidents and chancellors. I just overall do not trust that group. All right, we need to take a short break. But up next, we're going to review the top stories in fantasy football and much more.
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What's up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. Rothman and Ice, the, the hardest working,
1: working radio show in, in the, the business. business. This may offend our other shows, but honestly, they're too lazy to
2: care. Weekdays from noon to 3. The The Fan. On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scott Prokop. We like to call him Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie at the controls. This is a show dedicated to fantasy football and sports gambling. If you would like to call the show with a question or comment, the number is 614-821-9710. Let's reset some of the top stories in fantasy football in the NFL in general. First of all, only four days away from the start of the NFL season. I get goosebumps just saying it. Texans at the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by nine and a half points. Obviously, it's going to be fantastic, Scotty, just seeing NFL football. What are your initial thoughts? And we're going to get into much more about this with this game, but just your, you know, your quick thoughts on the betting aspect of this game Thursday night.
3: Well, it'll be interesting because, again, this is game one, you know, without any preseason, so we haven't seen anything. So a big factor to me in in the early betting of the season is going to be continuity. And, again, the Chiefs are bringing back uh, pretty much their entire team that won the Super Bowl last year. Their, their, their coaches are intact, the quarterback's intact, the wide receivers, the targets. That's what I like. That's what I'm going to be looking at. Early in the season is teams with the continuity of what they did last year, and the texans they've gone through some changes now. We know that DeAndre Hopkins is in Arizona now, so it's a little bit different. The thing is this uh, this Houston Texans offense is still going to be very good. Deshaun Watson just got his money this week. He's going to be ready to go. David Johnson, there's new pieces there. I think it's going to be a decent Texans football team. I, th- I think they're actually going to be better than what they were before. Uh, they will absolutely score points this year. My worry is going to be on defense, and I don't think that they can keep up with the Chiefs. So the line being nine and a half that's pretty close to what it should be. I kind of like the Chiefs slightly here. There's not a huge home field advantage for the Chiefs like they would have had uh, in a normal year. Uh, But I like the Chiefs giving 9.5 on Thursday night.
2: The big story in fantasy football this past week was, of course, Leonard, Leonard Fournette, uh, getting released by the Jags. When that came down, I'm sure everybody was like, wow! Uh, it, no one expected that. That was shocking. I'm also surprised, given the fact he was quote-unquote only going to make $4 million this year with the Jags, obviously not guaranteed, that they couldn't work out some type of trade. You couldn't get a sixth-round pick, or at least a seventh? Yeah, I, I'm shocked that they couldn't get at least some type of compensation for him. You would think they could even get a fifth, because when the Bucks signed him, Bucks signed him for $3.5 million plus incentives. So basically, the same contract that he was under with the Jags, I'm surprised they couldn't get at least a draft pick for him. Uh, I want to get your comment on that, Scotty. Also, what do you think this means for Fournette and Ronald Jones with the Bucks?
3: Yeah, as far as Fournette, I mean look, he was the number four overall pick in 2017 with the Jags. We thought this was going to be a guy that was going to be in Jacksonville for eight years, and a first-round fantasy pick for those eight years. I mean, he came into the league, he was like uh, kind of like the the Zeke, the Adrian Peterson, the the lock, right? He was absolutely a lock top five pick and was going to be a great running back for a long time for Jacksonville. Yeah, there was some questions of the work ethic a little bit, Uh, so for me I was a little bit surprised that they weren't able to get anything any compensation for him uh but look you know he's moving on and he's going to a team at tampa bay where he is absolutely in a loaded offense now now the thing is bruce arians the coach down there in tampa has said that ronald jones still has this starting job but in my mind i think ronald jones's leash just got a lot shorter because Fournette. In that role, I think he's going to challenge. Look, he's going to be the goal line back on a very, very talented offense. You know, Mike Evans. And that loaded offense to me, is why Fournette's value has gone up. Despite the fact that he was going to be the number one back for Jacksonville, and now he's going to potentially be in a, in a timeshare with Ronald Jones, I think there's a little more value, a little higher ceiling now for Leonard Fournette now, to, now that he's there. And, 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 and Tampa Bay, it was a no-brainer sign, right? I mean, this is a no-risk sign to get Leonard Fournette.
2: No question about it. We'll touch more on how this affects the Jags in just a moment. Before then, let's head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Rusty is on the line. Rusty, welcome into On the Money. What is your question? What's boys? What's up, Rusty? What's going on, man?
1: I'm just trying to decide which defense to start this week, New England or Tampa Bay. Can't quite figure it out. I'm leaning
2: toward New England, though. I would go New England. I'd stay away from that Saints offense at home.
3: I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Stay away from the Saints. And look, this is a New England defense that I know that they've had a couple guys that are sitting out uh, the season. I This New England defense was unbelievable last year. I think you're starting New England in week one.
2: There you go. Thank you for the call, Rusty. We appreciate it. All right, let's get back to the Fournette discussion and now how this affects the Jags. Now, if you can only get one running back, Reichwell Armstead or Chris Thompson, who are you taking, Scotty?
3: I'm taking Chris Thompson, and the reason why... Is because he's gonna be the guy who's gonna be catching balls. And look, this Jacksonville offense, they are going to be behind in a lot of football games. Potentially every football game they're gonna this year, they're gonna be playing catch up. And to me, that's throwing the football a lot with Gardner Minshew, and I think Chris Thompson is the running back to own because he's gonna catch more balls. This is this is gonna be a horrendous football team. Just a, a football team that to me might be two and four. 13, uh, if lucky, three and 13. That's how bad Jacksonville is going to be this year. Uh, Chris Thompson's the guy, though. Uh, out of those two, I wouldn't be reaching high for him, but he would be the guy out of those two.
2: I agree with you, and most people are, you know, have Reichwell Armstead ahead of Chris Thompson. You're looking at what they're going for in waiver wires. If you're doing a blind bidding league, uh, you know, one, you know, my keeper league, Armstead went for 11 in the blind bidding. Thompson only went for three. I think Thompson is not just a better bargain, but I think he will be the guy. Especially again, this is if you're in a, a PPR half point half point PPR league. And yeah, the Jags. It's hilarious. It reminds me of what I thought the the Dolphins were doing last year. Then the Dolphins screwed up and won too many games games because I think their yes. head coach is actually pretty good um, um, and you know but the Jags this year man and I, I don't blame them even if they would have you know kept all of their pseudo good players they would have had no chance this year you have two quarterbacks that I think are going to be game changers at the next level and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields you're sitting there if you're the Jags you're thinking man worst case scenario we're gonna have the number two pick <laughs> I mean they're they're tanking and tanking hard And if I'm a Jags fan I'm, I'm happy about that trust the process right
3: Exactly, exactly. And and, uh, here's the one Jag that I would be interested in owning this year, and that's DJ Chark. And the reason why is he is the deep threat. He is going to, again, I mentioned, they're going to be behind in a lot of football games. And he is going to be the guy that's going to be the target So for, for Minshew. So he would be the one Jacksonville Jaguar that I would consider owning in fantasy.
2: We'll get into some sleepers in uh, in regard to wide receivers in just a few minutes. But a couple more news and notes here: Joe Mixon and Deshaun Watson each signed four year extensions earlier this week. I should say, late last week. Now that we're, I always can think Monday should be the first day of the week, but technically Sunday is the first day of the week. But Joe Mixon four years, forty eight million, a lot for a running back. But he's still going to play this year. You know, he's well underpaid this year. Um, so really, overall, the Bengals keep him for another five years. They get him for the last year of his rookie deal at a huge bargain and then 4 years 48 million. Uh that's a lot to spend for a running back. I want to get Scotty's thoughts on that. And then Deshaun Watson also a four-year deal but 180 million with 110 million guaranteed and good for him. I think he's an elite quarterback, a top 5 fantasy quarterback. Your thoughts on those two young men signing those four-year deals, Scotty?
3: Well, I think the big thing for me is locking up Joe Mixon and this young offense. I mean, this, this offense for the Bengals going forward. Now they've got questions at the offensive line, of course. But when you've got Tyler Boyd, who I think is going to be a breakout fantasy performer this year, and he's, he's one of my favorite picks, you know, in the mid, fifth, sixth round. Uh, and then you've got Joe Burrow, who I think is going to be an, an, F- an NFL star going forward. And then I think if you're locking up now Joe Mixon, so you got Burrow, Mixon and Boyd as the future, I think that's pretty darn good. So I think locking him up made a lot of sense. Deshaun Watson uh obviously uh needed to be locked up for for the Texans. And then another big sign this week is, is it was Keenan Allen too uh, re-upping with the Chargers. So a lot of big money out there. Uh, Jadavion Clowney signed with the Titans. So so a lot of big news over the weekend.
2: Yeah, and one more, you know, with the um, Adrian Peterson going – we touched on this earlier in the show, but for those that don't know, Adrian Peterson going to the Lions from a fantasy perspective – don't pick up Adrian Peterson. I guess unless you're in a super deep league, I still think DeAndre Swift and on Johnson are going to be the guys there, as you mentioned earlier, Scotty. So, you know, unless you're in like what, like a 16 team league or
3: something you're like right.
2: that, uh, <laughs> with with like, you know, five flex positions, I just, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, Adrian Peterson still thinks he can play not just this year, but next year. He's about a thousand yards away from, from Barry Sanders for number four all time on the NFL's rushing list. I don't think we talk enough about those are cool stats, like the all time rushing leaders, the all passing leaders, all-time receiving leaders, touchdown leaders. Adrian Peterson one of the best running backs in NFL history, first ballot Hall of Famer. But he's 35 years old. I'm staying away from him in fantasy this year.
3: Yeah, and he's going to a Lions team that I like this year. I like the I like the offense. I think if Matt Stafford can stay Healthy and get the ball to Galladay, and I think Swift is going to have a good year. So I think this Lions team is going to be better. In fact, last week when we made our bold picks and and our division picks, I picked the Lions to win that division. So I think it gives them a little more depth. At that position. Uh, but the, the bigger impact fantasy wise actually is going to be with the Redskins. And that's Antonio Gibson and uh, Bryce Love. Those are the two guys that are going to benefit with Adrian Peterson going onto the Lions. I wouldn't touch Peterson in any draft, but I would kind of. Move up a little bit, uh, my rankings of Gibson and love and and you mentioned you really like love and, and I do too. he's the second year back, our uh, great college running back. I think uh, love is is one of those good sleeper plays
2: yeah i I, I love love. Pun intended as a sleeper. I I really do. I think he is going to uh, break out there. I think they like him in Washington. But Gibson's another guy. If you can get both those guys, if you're a thin at running back, they're both going to have a shot. One of those guys is going to end up being the guy. Maybe they'll be 50-50 all year, but usually that's not how it transpires. They might start out like that. One guy's probably going to win that job. I think it's going to be love. I tend to be in the minority there when I look at other fantasy football analysts, but um, I think it's going to be love for Washington FT. All right, let's look at wide receivers in fantasy football this year, specifically sleepers to target, busts to avoid. Let's start with the sleepers. I love this rookie class. CD Lamb and Henry Ruggs the third at the top of the list for me. I, I liked Rieger too from the Eagles, but now he's hurt. It's not a long-term injury, but still that that knocks him down quite a bit. I love CD Lamb. Everybody, if you talk to any Cowboys fan, who fall not that I'm a Cowboys fan, but I got friends that are, they say you know, he's just you know he's everything that they could have hoped for and more. Henry Ruggs the third with the Raiders, the loss. Vegas Raiders, it's going to take some time getting used to that. Uh, although that, that, that does seem to fit the Raiders in Vegas. That does seem oh, to fit, yeah. but I love Ruggs the third there. And even if you're looking for a really deep sleeper, another rookie, Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers, they used a first-round pick on him. Debo Samuel's out for a while. Brandon Ayuk might be a good pick there. I don't know if you consider Tyler Boyd a sleeper, but I love him. I know you do as well. Yep. Anthony Miller is another sleeper I have from the Bears. I really think Anthony Miller is getting way underdrafted. And perhaps Nikhil Harry, if you're in a super deep league, although I have like a question mark next to him. Those are my kind of sleepers guys I would target at wide receiver. What do you have, Scotty?
3: Well, sticking with the rookie theme, there I actually like Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, and the reason why is with Diggs gone in Buffalo now. I think we could see a lot of targets for Jefferson, and he was a a fantastic wide receiver uh, last year in college for LSU. So I think he's he's kind of one of those guys. He's getting his average draft position is one fifty one, so he's really deep. That's a really deep sleeper. But as far as other guys that I really like, look, Kenny Galladay is a guy... Now, again, he's a second round, maybe third round pick in in fantasy drafts, but to me, I think he's got the ability to be a top three, top four wide receiver this year, so I think there's value with Kenny Galladay. Uh, A couple other guys, Juju Smith-Schuster. As long as Ben stays healthy, remember two years ago the numbers that Ben put up with the Steelers, ridiculous numbers, career high in touchdowns, career high in passing yards? Well, that was because of Juju Smith-Schuster and the numbers that he was putting up as well. So if Ben's healthy and Juju's healthy, Juju is a great play. Right now, kind of being drafted as the 14th, 15th wide receiver out there. I like that value. Calvin Ridley is a guy who I think could be a top five wide receiver this year. And part of the reason why is because he's getting the second cornerback in games. Julio Jones is going to draw the top cornerback on the defenses. And Calvin Ridley is going to draw number two. And he is a guy who can be an absolute studies in his third year. I love players, especially wide receivers that are going into their third year. I think that's entering the prime for them. Other wide receivers, Tyler Boyd, you mentioned. Uh, Also, I talked about Paris Campbell. I think he is going to be a good sleeper with the Colts this year. He's going to be a slot guy over the middle. So I like Paris Campbell with the Colts. And lastly, Hunter Renfro. Remember that name? He's a guy who's going very, very late in drafts. Ended the year on a hot streak last year. And this year, with Las Vegas, he's going to be the slot machine. He's the slot machine for the Raiders. Last year, ended with 23 and 22 points in fantasy in his last two weeks. I look for that to continue this year. Real quick, let's touch on busts.
2: You know, guys that were concerned about the wide receiver position they might be drafted, uh, being drafted a little too high. I got a couple guys written down and calling them busts is a misnomer. I just, I'm concerned about these guys given where they're being drafted. The first is Keenan Allen. And I even took him in our league on Tuesday, Scott, because he, I needed a wide receiver. He was still the top one on my board and it was the fifth round. So I, at that point, I, didn't th- I thought Keenan Allen was, it was a decent, um, value in the fifth round. But here's why I'm concerned about Keenan Allen. Not because of Keenan Allen, because of Tyrod Taylor. And if Justin Herbert is not ready to beat out Tyrod Taylor, that's concerning. Now, it could be a situation like the Browns a couple years ago where it's like Baker should have beat out Tyrod Taylor to begin with, and they just for some reason went with Taylor, and then they realized, okay, we got to get Baker in there. So maybe Justin Herbert will come in and Keenan Allen will be fine, but Phillip Rivers isn't there anymore. And Keenan Allen's coming off a huge year. I see some people taking him a little bit too early, so I'm a little concerned about Keenan Allen. Again, not if you're in a 12-team league and you're in the 5th or 6th, round, but um, don't overdraft him. A.J. Green's another one. I hope I'm wrong on this. I'm a Bengal fan. I want to believe A.J. Green has another big year in him. But man, he's missed tons of games the last three years. Both Feet and he's on the wrong side of thirty. Now he isn't a contract year, so he's motivated, but he hasn't practiced much. There's no preseason games. You're probably not going to get much out of him early in the season. And then I, I don't know. I, I just feel like he's being drafted not too early. You're not. He's not being drafted like the AJ Green of old, but still, he's another guy I'm a little cautious about. Who do you got as maybe guys that you're a little worried about at the wideout position?
3: It's funny because I also circled AJ Green as potential uh, as a guy who's being drafted. I don't want to say bust, but as a guy who's being drafted a right. little earlier than what he should be and then a couple other guys for me ty hilton he he's 30 now he's got a hamstring issue going into the season he makes me a little bit nervous and then the other guy and the the, the problem for him is his quarterback and this is Allen robinson he's being drafted as the 9th 10th 11th wide receiver off the board the problem is for me His quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, stinks. I think he's a bad quarterback. I can't believe he got that starting job over Nick Foles. So to me, Allen Robinson (laughs) is a guy who I can't draft because of his quarterback.
2: On the Money is sponsored by Bud Light. Bud Light is brewed for a crisp taste. We greatly appreciate Bud Light sponsoring the show here
0: on 97.1 The Fan. Next up... Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Some betting advice for the
2: Thursday night NFL opener this week with the Chiefs and the Texans. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: We have two important rules here at the radio station. Adhering to proper broadcasting standards and absolutely no deucing in the hallway
2: bathroom. The Fan. On the Money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by sports gambling guru Scotty Vegas. Scotty, the NFL season begins this Thursday with the Chiefs and Texans airing it out. Scotty and I are going to give you some betting advice out there, good people, for the game. That means it's time for Daily Grind. Hit it, Bodie.
1: It's time for On the Money's Daily Grind. Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services.
2: Normally we will have a bunch of games on Sunday, starting next Sunday, where we can give you advice on that particular day. We're going to push ahead and give you daily fantasy advice for this Thursday's game. Now, of course, for the Chiefs, Scotty, Mahomes is going to cost you a bunch. So will Kelsey. So will Tyreek Hill. So will Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But they might all be worth it. Uh, What is your advice here? Any uh, sleepers to target for the Chiefs? And are you going to go big money on any of those guys?
3: So here's here's the thing with this game. If you look at the over-under... The highest total over-under for the entire weekend next weekend is this game. So I think we're going to see points all over the place. Look, the the Texans have a a, a completely different uh, look as far as the wide receivers. Brandon Cooks is in there now. Randall Cobb. They have Will Fuller. I think this is going to be a game where there's going to be a ton of offense. So as far as the daily grind, if you can get Mahomes and team him up with Tyreek Hill— the problem with doing that is then the rest of your team is going to suffer because you're going to pay so much in salary cap in those two guys. I would actually rather dig a little bit deeper and maybe look at taking a couple of these Texans because again they're going to be yes. behind, they're going to be throwing the football a lot. So I would pay less money and have Deshaun Watson as my quarterback, and then maybe grab uh, a Will Fuller, okay, as as the wide receiver because you do like the stack. Quarterback quarterback-wide receiver when you're doing fantasy, uh, daily fantasy. So I would pay a little bit less money and go with the Houston quarterback-wide receiver combo than Kansas City. I agree
2: completely, and Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller would be the way to go if if for some reason Will Fuller's priced a little too high. Maybe Brandon Cooks for a little bit less would be another good option there uh to pair with Deshaun Watson. Obviously go with Fuller over Cooks, uh, but I like that idea. David Johnson could be in for a bounce back, which low bar, I get it. Um, Again, I wouldn't take him early, but he's right around there, you know, right between like, you know, just under the 20th running back for me, like somewhere between 15 and 20. Where are you at on David Johnson this year and where are you at on him specifically this Thursday?
3: Yeah, I I actually think David Johnson is going to bounce back a little bit this year. You know, we talked earlier in the show where our our running backs would would rank, and and we kind of talked about James Conner in the 15-16. I would put David Johnson in that similar territory. I think this team's going to score a lot of points. I think there's going to be a lot of of goal line carries for him. I think this is going to be an offense that moves. Look, David Johnson, what was it? two, three, four years ago, he was uh, a lock as being a one or two pick in fantasy drafts. So we know the talent there. I like David Johnson to bounce back. I think he could be one of those sleepers. My problem is... One thing I'm going to avoid in week one is guys on new teams. Okay, to me, and I can't stress this enough when you're betting and when you're doing fantasy and specifically daily fantasy for week one is the continuity. I like guys that are coming back in the same offenses and with the same experience as they had last year or the last few years. With no preseason games, it's just so tough for me to see a guy on a brand new team stand out. Now, I might be totally wrong. It's just, I think, in general, I'm going to stay away from guys on new teams in the early weeks.
2: I want to touch on fantasy lottery picks. You know, guys that are just super sleepers. Again, not guys that we like in the sixth round like Tyler Boyd. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about guys, they call him Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. <laughs> we're not talking about guys like that. We're talking about guys that you're going to get like in the 12th round or the 14th round. Absolute lottery picks that could end up helping you win your league. You know, I mentioned one earlier. I think Bryce loves a guy. Uh, I would put in that category. Scotty, I know you have some fantasy lottery picks you would like to pass along to the good people.
3: Yeah, and uh, the guy who I've talked a lot about in this show already is Benny Snell. and, and He's a guy who I believe will take over for James Conner eventually this year. Again, second year uh, with with the Steelers. I like Benny Snell. He's a guy who I'm picking very late in drafts. A couple other guys. Look, last year we saw Lamar Jackson. His average draft position was 124th. 124th. And he ended up being the number one fantasy player, number one QB last year, and he was what we would call the fantasy lottery ticket. Now, I'm not saying that this guy is going to end up being number one, but I do think he's being drafted or even not drafted late enough that he's worth the risk, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. And the reason why, he's he's with Carolina now, he's got the weapons. He also has I think two really good offensive coaches, and I like Joe Brady a lot running the offense, Teddy Bridgewater was very good with the Saints last year in in, in when uh, Drew Brees went out. So I like the I like the weapons, I like the ability. I like Bridgewater as a potential lottery ticket player. I'm not saying he's going to do what Lamar Jackson did, but I think he's going to be very good. And remember last year, Austin Eckler, he was a guy who, and I think Dave, you may have owned him in a couple weeks. He's a guy who was drafted in the 90s last year, and he's a guy who ended up being a, a first round type guy. And those are the guys that we're trying to find now. Those are the guys. One other name I'm going to throw out that could be a potential lottery, Latavius Murray. Again, we know Alvin Kamara is the the top five running back. He's going early in drafts, but he's got a little bit of a back issue. If Murray gets in there, remember in two weeks last year when when Kamara was out, he rushed for uh, 119 yards and two touchdowns, and uh, he also rushed for 102 yards and a touchdown in his two games. So I like Latavius Murray as a potential lottery pick
0: Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. NFL games begins next
2: Sunday, and we are going to give you a look ahead on what to expect from a betting perspective. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, the NFL, and fat weird guys talking about eating people. I'm hungry. Is it time to eat? It's all on The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
2: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie at the controls. The NFL season begins with the Thursday night game. Then we have the full slate of Sunday games exactly one week from today. Then we have two games back-to-back on Monday Night Football, which I love. I think every football fan loves that. We've already covered the Chiefs-Texans at length. Let's look at some of the other interesting Week 1 matchups, Scotty. The betting lines, over-under, a little bit of everything. Let's start with the Browns at the Ravens. The Browns, 8.5-point underdogs here. The over-under is 48.5. I don't know if this game will be the case, but I might be taking some unders this year early. Early. Because I can see with no preseason, I can see the defenses being ahead of the offenses to some degree early in the season. But just your thoughts on 8.5, the Browns 8.5 point dogs over under 48.5.
3: Yeah, I think that's a lot of points. I think 8.5 is, is a lot. Look, this is a, a Browns team that uh, people forget. They beat the Ravens by 15 points in Baltimore uh, early last year. I, I, to me... Miles Garrett's back. I'm excited to see this new offensive line for the uh, for the Browns. I, I think that's too many points to me. Eight and a half is a lot for Week One. Again, one thing that we absolutely have to consider and think about this year is home games. Usually, usually the kind of the the betting thought is the home team is kind of given three points right out of the gates. Well, guess what? There's not going to be the big loud crowds this year, so. That's got to be built into these lines a little bit. to me eight and a half is a little too much.
2: Yeah, that's a great point about the road games. I mean that's you know you know in, in certain sports it might not mean much. I don't think in baseball it means that much. My gosh we know in basketball it means a ton and we know in football it means a ton. so um, that's a great point. Next. When, of course, the Bengals have only had two home openers since, I think, like 2002. And this year they get one where there's, where there's no fans. Let's move on to the Bengals at home against the Chargers. The Bengals... Three point underdogs. Now, people are going to say, well, you're a Bengal homer. Of course, you're going to say take the Bengals. No, I think if anybody who's listened to me, they know that um, I'll be the first to bash the Bengals. Does anybody bash the Bengals more than me, Scott? No. But I think this might be the time to take the Bengals. You know, the Bengals, I think, are going to win this game outright, uh, or at least, you know, if they do lose, you know, I think they could lose by a field goal, so then you're going to push. Here's the thing if the Chargers still had Phillip Rivers, I would think this line would be about right. With Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert not ready to take over, I think the Bengals. Can get this done. The Bengals had a pretty good off season. Uh, I don't think they're going to have a good season overall. Don't get me wrong. I think I have them pegged as four and twelve. I think this is going to be one of the four. I'm taking the Bengals in this one. What do you think about Bengals plus three against the Chargers?
3: I'll tell you, I I don't dislike that, and and I like that, and I 100% am with you. You're you're the first one to criticize the Bengals when they make uh, <laughs> yes uh, bad moves or something. Yeah, so. As far as this week one game, I'm just really excited to see Joe Burrow. It's not a game that I will play as far as uh, the line because there's just too many unknowns in this one. There's so many unknowns going into this football season anyway. But two teams with brand-new quarterbacks starting – That makes me nervous. I just don't know how to lean one way or the other with this one. So to me, it's a no play. uh, But I'm excited to watch this Bengals team this year, and especially Joe Burrow. Next up, Steelers favored by four and a half
2: at the Giants. I like the Steelers in that one. I mean, I think the Giants are going to be improved, but I I think the Steelers are going to win that game by five or more. Give me the Steelers laying four and a half.
3: Yeah, this giant offense to me, has a lot of weaknesses. And this Steeler defense is very good. And I think they're going to take advantage of the weaknesses of the Giants. Uh, And so I like this play. I like the Steelers, minus 4.5. It's one of my favorite plays of week one so I'm going to go Steelers again I've talked throughout this show how high I am on the Steelers this year and the continuity and, and the the coaches being back and all the players being back again I mentioned only one new starter on offense and defense for the Steelers I think that's a big advantage in week one
2: how about this next one Scott The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady's debut. Three and a half point underdogs at the New Orleans Saints. A couple of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Two of the best, not just Hall of Fame quarterbacks, that's almost like, you know, understating it. Two of the best that have ever played, including if not the best quarterback in Tom Brady, at least certainly the most decorated quarterback in NFL history. Um and but the Bucks, three and a half point underdogs? Give me the Bucks. I'll take I'll take those three and a half points.
3: Yeah, it's just interesting to see how long it's going to take for that brand new offense. You know, new new wide res- or I'm sorry, new quarterback. Uh, the uh, new tight end. I, I'm, I'm my hesit- The reason why I'm hesitant with the Bucks is because of all the changes. I think that's going to be a. Game that I, it's a must watch football game, but for me, I would lean the Saints in week one. And I think the Saints are going to be one of those that they want to prove in week one, you know, that they are still after that bitter end of the season last year. I think they're going to want to make a big statement in week one
2: just that uh that half point does it for me you know i I just feel like it's going to be really close and if the saints win it's going to be by a field goal if the bucks win, it's going to be by a field goal and i just that three and a half makes the difference for me and watch the saints win by about 28 now that i said that all right next one then we picked out about eight really interesting uh games on the sunday slate next week okay cowboys
3: two and a half point favorites at the rams what do you think about that one scott I like the Cowboys a lot this year. I just think they're loaded offensively. I think Dak Prescott is a good bet at 14-1 to as a potential MVP this year. I like the Cowboys. I think they get it started strong. The Rams, down year last year. I think they'll bounce back a little bit this year, but I like the Cowboys in Week 1. How about you, Dave?
2: I agree with you. Yeah, I think they'll win by a field goal or more. I do. Again, that that half point makes a big difference for me. All right, next one, Titans. One and a half point underdogs at the Broncos. This is actually the late Monday game. This is not a Sunday game. This is the late Monday game, the second of the two Monday night games. Titans plus one and a half. I like the Titans there. What do you think?
3: You know, the funny thing about the the late Monday night game, that's always the game where if you've had a bad week, right, you've had a bad betting week, <laughs> that's the one where you're like, all right, I can make up for all my losses in the late Monday night football game i tell you, you. shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But there's the temptation of, oh, I can make everything right with this one game. Uh, in, in, in my case, I would actually probably lean the Broncos slightly in that one. Uh, the, the home field advantage won't be, won't be a big factor. Uh, but they do still have the altitude. I, I, I like the Broncos a little bit this, this year. They have a good offense. Give me the Broncos in that one.
2: And real quick for those that let's switch gears here. For those that didn't hear early, I what I said earlier about Ohio State and the Big Ten, they were expected the Big Ten was expected to have a revote, or a vote for the first time, if you don't believe they actually took a vote in early August. And I can't imagine Minnesota's president would be mistaken when she said we didn't really take a vote per se. I imagine she just had a moment of honesty and then the Big Ten got to her. It's like you can't say that. It violates our bylaws. Here's the latest I'm hearing real quick. This is gonna happen on Tuesday. Now that's the latest I'm hearing from multiple sources. Multiple sources also told me the vote was likely going to happen on Friday, this past Friday, maybe Saturday at the latest. That didn't happen for a variety of reasons. And Ohio State's parents were shocked. They thought for sure that they would find out Saturday at the latest that the vote was taken on Friday. That's what they were told would happen. It didn't happen. Uh, Mark Schlissel, Michigan's president's getting involved here. He's anti-play football this year, at least he wants to wait till at least Thanksgiving, which makes no sense to me. Also, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, is actually listening what the Pac-12 wants to do, which I feel like the Big Ten needs to look out for the Big Ten. Now, I don't know what's going to happen on this Tuesday vote. I can't say I have a ton of confidence in the rest of the presidents and chancellors in the Big 10. Ohio State's doing the right thing though. Dr. Christina Johnson, Gene Smith, obviously Ryan Day, but really what the head coaches want doesn't matter unfortunately. What the parents want, what the players want doesn't matter. It's really what the presidents want and what Kevin Warren wants. So, I don't know if I have too much confidence in how the vote will go. Although I have, you know, I'm you know cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. But from what I'm hearing, there's going to be a re-vote.
0: Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. They're on
2: Tuesday or Wednesday at the latest. We will hear the results of that. All right, up next, we will close out the program with our best bets for the NFL this season. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan.
1: Constantly interrupting valuable airtime to sell $3 stickers. What a business plan. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
2: On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. Well, look at that. It is time for Best Bets. Hit it, Bodie.
1: It's time for Biddle and Scotty Vegas to fight to the death. It's time time for Best
2: bets. Bets. All right, we are going to make our picks for NFL MVP and some other... Futures bets in the NFL. Let's start with NFL MVP, Scott. I am going to go way out on a limb and say Patrick Mahomes for NFL MVP. Who do you got? Whoa, way out
3: there, Dave. I can I believe- know. I'm, at, I, I know. Four 4-1, to too. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I am gonna go, I'm gonna go a little bit more out there. I'm gonna go Dak Prescott. 14 to 1. I've got the Cowboys in the Super Bowl this year. I have him as my MVP. I love what they have on that offense. 14 to 1. Give me Dak Prescott.
2: I think you mean Andy Dalton, but uh, after he takes over for him, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll allow it. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, all right, best regular season record again. I'm just going to be crazy here. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs.
3: Yeah, what do you Kansas got? City at four to one almost, uh, which I think is actually pretty darn good value, Dave. Four to one on on Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to go sticking with the theme. I'm going to go with the Cowboys at ten to one. Look, I think they've got four easy wins in the division. I think they'll split with the Eagles. That's five and one in the division. I like the Cowboys at ten to one. Best regular season record.
2: We're gonna get to uh, some rookies of the year here in a moment, but let's uh, finish with records. Worst regular season record, again going way out on a limb. I'm gonna take the Jacksonville Jaguars.
3: I'm with you there. What I you think got, they're Scott? gonna be awful. Uh, give me the Jags at uh, two and a half to one.
2: Yeah, I'll be sur- I mean, I said this about the Dolphins last year, and I was wrong. So I'll probably be wrong again. I'll be surprised if anybody's worse than the Jags. I think Washington's picked to be the second worst, and I, I just think that they're, especially with Rivera, and I just think they're going to move in the right direction. And the Jags are trying to tank. We can't forget that they're trying to tank to get either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, which actually I think is a smart move. All right, offensive rookie of the year, give me Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. Who you got? Ooh.
3: I like that pick. 10 to 1, too. Uh, To me, I got to go Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, a little more than 2 to 1. Give me Joe Burrow.
2: Joe Burrow, I think, uh, should be the pick, of course. Hopefully, he's the pick, I should say. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Chase Young for Washington FT. Who you got? Okay, looks like we're having some technical difficulties with Scotty. That is all right. Let's look at some college football odds that we didn't get to earlier. If you are curious about who has the second best odds in the ACC behind Clemson, it is to win the ACC. It's Notre Dame at 5-1. to So (laughs) at Clemson or the field, you're taking Clemson for sure in the ACC. You know, the SEC, I think... I think LSU is going to take a huge step back this year. They have the fourth best odds to win the SEC at 4-1. to one. Stay away from LSU. The one I think has the best value in the SEC is Florida three and a half to one. Uh they have the third, you know, highest odds, lowest odds, however you want to look at it. Now Alabama's the favorite of course, but we're talking about, you know, who has the best chance to make you some money here. Alabama minus one oh five. That's not great value there um for the team that's expected to win the SEC. I do think Alabama's gonna win, but I think this Florida team with Dan Mullen, uh I think you know they obviously moved in the right direction last year. I think they're gonna be really good this year. So I like Florida at three and a half to one to win the SEC Georgia is sitting there, uh, plus three thirty-three. Uh, you know, Georgia just seems to find a way to fall short. I-, I would either put my money on Alabama if you want to do that. But again, the team that I would put my money on is Florida, three and a half to one. Stay away from LSU, like I said. Other teams in the SEC, if you want to know their odds to win the SEC, Texas A&M ten to one, Auburn twelve to one, Kentucky forty to one, Tennessee. to so I would stay away from all of those. Big 12 is a little more interesting. Oklahoma, the favorite, of course, minus 120. Texas, plus 175. Some decent value there. This could be the year with Sam Ellinger being a senior. Maybe Tom Herman gets it done. Decent value there for the Longhorns, plus 175. Oklahoma State, plus 650. Not bad if you're looking at value. The one team that I think has really good value, again, I wouldn't pick them to win, but if you're looking for a little bit of a long shot in the Big 12, Iowa State at ten to one. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm liking that a little bit. I wouldn't put a ton of money on it, but if I'm looking for a value pick, it's going to be Iowa State at ten to one. So there you go. Um, So it's going to be very interesting across college football this year. Let's hope we have some actual uh, Big Ten odds to pass along your way here, uh, and maybe some Pac-12. But right now, those are the teams um, that uh, Vegas actually has some lines on. All right. Well, that is our show for today. We really appreciate you joining us. We'll be here every Sunday. From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. giving you the latest on sports gambling and fantasy football.
0: Thank you very much. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is Ohio State football coach Ryan Day on your home for Buckeye football, the fan. Ohio sports destination. When your furnace or air conditioner stops working, you can always rely on Atlas Butler to get it up and running the same day. So why not depend on Atlas Butler for all your plumbing needs? Our expert
1: plumbers can take care of anything from... Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com.
0: WPNSFM HD1 Columbus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team,